Some time ago, I did a sermon series on the parables. Who can remember what is a parable and why did Jesus choose to speak to the crowds by this method? Well, let me give you a little recap. So people can remember stories. Right, here's a little recap. The disciples asked him, why do you speak to people in parables? He replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has, whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Did that make sense to you? Anyway, through seeing they do not see, through hearing they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing but never understanding. You will be ever seeing but never perceiving. For this people's hearts has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. When explained, the parables were illustrations of the truth. But for those who refused to hear, they remained riddles. There was no clear meaning. The parables had a clear twofold purpose. First of all, they hid the truth from self righteous or self satisfied people who fancied themselves too sophisticated to learn from them. And secondly, they revealed the truth to those who were eager and hungry and thirsty for knowledge. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 16 says this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We haven't received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given to us. This is what we speak. 
not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths and in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In the theological calendar, today, the sun, today Sunday is Christ the King Sunday. It's the Sunday before Advent. Now, to be honest, I haven't used many of the lectionary readings so far this year, but I was actually led to this reading which coincidentally is the lectionary reading for today. And you may recall that Pastor David briefly mentioned it a couple of weeks back when we were talking about words and deeds. So let's read on. Excuse me, I've got a cold. Um, the reading from Matthew chapter 25, 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, I will tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, 
Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison. You didn't look after me. They will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger needing clothes or sick or in prison and didn't help you? And he will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for the reading this morning. So, Lord, I just pray we'll let your spirit fall upon me as I deliver your message today. Be with Pastor David as he preaches and inducts elders at Totteridge, and be with all of those who will be preaching your word near and far this week. Amen. Well, that certainly gave us something to think about, didn't it? But we have to go right back to the Old Testament, in fact, to Genesis, right at the beginning of the Bible, and we find out what was God's original purpose for creation. And it was the ordering of right relationships and the use of resources so that all creation may experience wholeness. It takes us back to the Old Testament covenants, which included justice, love, mercy, and to walk humbly with God. But also, it, it takes us to the New Testament and the Sermon on the Mount. And Matthew describes what the kingdom is about and what righteousness is about. Matthew wanted to remind them what Jesus taught and what the kingdom of heaven was all about. And he lays out some of the critical decisions they must make if they want to follow him. He'd been leading up to it in previous chapters in the book of Matthew uh, by reminding them that they will all face resistance. And it's the same resistance that the prophets and Jesus both faced. In the previous chapter, he'd actually urged this new church to seek first the kingdom and its mission of justice he told them to enter via the narrow gate he, um, and, and to love their neighbors. And its mission of justice, he told them to build their house on rock. And now he reminds them of all these things, of what, what it, he's warning them about what it all means. 
Okay, how many of you are looking at the age of most of us? How many of you can remember when you were at school or college and your teacher, your tutor, telling you, it's really important that you remember this bit because it will come up in the exam paper. Is that familiar to anybody? Yes, it is, isn't it? Your teacher has already forewarned you, hasn't he? He's already told you, go and learn. And what happens? If we fail to learn, if we fail to revise, we sit in that class, that exam, and we think, hmm, I think I should have learnt something about this. Something's nagging away in this little head of yours. But you'd forgotten to go away and learn it, hadn't you? And throughout this parable, Jesus is actually telling us exactly the same thing. In fact, I picked up a couple of things. Uh, so let's go a little bit deeper. First of all, we are all accountable. We're all accountable. Does it make a difference how we live and how we respond to God's call? Because some people will hear what it said in verse 34. Come, you who are blessed by my Father, enter. Others will hear the words from verse 41. Depart from me. Can you see there is a separation Jesus draws a line between people, and there are no gray areas. It is simply black or white. But we tend to see various shades of gray. And we're stuck in the middle, aren't we? Because I'm sure that you will all agree with me that everybody does have some good but we have all failed at certain points. Just look at our politicians. But Jesus says, no. We won't be able to just sit on the fence. He says that there are sheep and there are goats. In the previous parables that I've preached on this sermon series, we've talked about wise and foolish uh, bridesmaids, the the wide gate and the narrow gate and how some built their their houses on rock and others on the sand and also you cannot serve both god and mammon and i think to be honest i think we've got to be thankful for small mercies because i'm glad that it won't be me who has to separate the sheep from the goats But it is important to remember that we are all accountable. There will be a judgment. We will be asked to give an account of how we lived our lives, how we used our resources, how we responded to God's will and his purpose. Like I said a moment ago, it's like that teacher preparing us for that final exam. And the sermon series we're doing on James reiterates this. 
And that leads us, leads me on to the second point I want to make, and that is that this final exam, it's actually quite simple, but it's not easy. Does that make sense? Simple, but not easy. Here is one of the Beatitudes. It says this, blessed are those who hunger for justice. Blessed are those that hunger for justice. Basically, we are to seek and to strive for justice, not just individually, but corporately as a church. That's why Jesus died. He died to make justice happen on earth, the kingdom of God, the reign of God is the fulfillment of this justice. Justice, the will of God, which goes back to where I started this morning about Genesis, the creation, and to the covenant with Israel. Often we make things more complicated than they really are. In this parable, Jesus is simply saying, Give food to the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger, clothe the naked, care for the sick, and visit those in prison. That's it. That's the final test. Simple. Is it? Simple. Is it easy? The fact that in that reading, sheep and goat reading, that list is repeated four times in 10 verses. Why is it put in there four times in 10 verses? Where else in the Bible, I'm so glad we've got some LST students in here paying attention. Where else in the Bible is something repeated four times in a short verse, in ten verses? Well, I don't know. I tried to Google it and I was none the wiser. So anyway, I'm sure that Pastor David will let me know if there are other places. But this must be important, otherwise why would they put it in so many times? Because nowhere else do we find such a detailed description of that judgment. When we stand before God's throne, he's going to ask us those questions, isn't he? And it's so simple that we can miss it. What God wants from us is kindness. He wants us to love our neighbor. Who can tell me, what does righteousness mean? It's not the first time we've asked this, is, have, have, is it? Righteousness is... Who said that?
right standing with God. Are we all righteous? Yes? Well, I know I try. God knows I'm a trier. <clears throat> it means being in that right relationship with him. And the justice of God is bringing about his kingdom. It's simple, but it's not easy. Because there are so many influences, I think that's the word I'm looking for, around us that make life more complicated. Let's have a quick refresher. Pastor David and I have both been preaching about the physical realm and the spiritual realm. That's right. We've got greed. There are cultural values. There's structural systems, rules and regulations. There's a lot of false teaching. There's ignorance and misinformation. And there are those that are hungry for power, for status, and for control. Where are those things? Are they in the spiritual realm or are they in the physical realm? Physical, they're all in the physical realm. It may sound simple to feed hungry people and to welcome strangers, but it's not that easy. I despair of the news, and I hear that the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. I despair seeing news reports of hunger and poverty we hear people having to make that choice between do we eat or do we put the heating on? So tell me, if this is so simple, why is it so difficult? But there are surprises, unexpected discoveries that disturb Yet, they serve to enlighten us. And that's the third point I want to make. Those who are invited to come and inherit the kingdom are surprised. Notice verse 37. Lord, when did we do all those kindnesses to you? They seem unaware of the full implications of their lives being centered around serving hurting people. And perhaps the biggest surprise is that the righteous, the righteous don't claim to be righteous. How often does somebody see something in you that you don't necessarily see for yourself? 
The people who are excluded from the kingdom are surprised. Verse 44, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty? Everything we do should be centered around our faith. Or like Pastor David preached a couple of weeks back, our actions speak louder than our words, exactly. And as followers of Jesus, we base everything on the teachings in the Bible. Who knows what my favorite verse in the Bible is? 2 Timothy 3.16, Pauline, they all knew that. <clears throat> all scripture is God-breathed and is used to, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you haven't done it already, go home and underline that verse in your Bible. Remember, I was hungry, but you didn't feed me. Not everyone who says, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So how committed are you to your faith? Have you set yourself some sort of a routine? Because our spirituality is often measured by our commitment to Bible reading. Who's up to four times a week? Hands up. One, two, three, four, five. That's really bad. You know, you can get an app on your phone, you can get a Bible. You can read it on your train journey to work, in your lunch break, whenever. I use version, but I'm sure there are others. What about your prayer life? Do you pray every day? And your prayers, are they all about you? Lord, give me, I need, I want, blah, 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 blah. Or are you interceding for others? Are you in a home group? Or do you have some people that you can contact and ask them to pray with or for you? Do you come to the prayer meetings that we have here at the church or online via Zoom? And what about our attendance on a Sunday morning and our commitment with our tithes and our offerings? I'm not telling you off, I'm just telling you how it is. We talked about covenants earlier. How many of you have read your covenant card? Do you remember the little covenant card you got? How many of you actually read it? Let me remind you. I am no longer mine, my own, but yours. Your will, not mine, be done in all things. Wherever you may place me, 
in all that I do and in all that I may endure when there is work for me and when there is none, when I am troubled and when I am at peace, your will be done when I'm valued and when I'm disregarded, when I find fulfillment and when it's lacking, when I have all things and when I have nothing, I willingly offer all that I have and am to serve you as and where you choose. Glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. May it be so forever. Let this covenant now made on earth be fulfilled in heaven. If you've lost your, your card, when you bring your tithes and offerings, there are some in the basket. Please take one and just read that little commitment. If you read it once a month, it doesn't matter, but that is your commitment that you're making to God. So please do have a look at that. Because when we stand before the Lord, Today's message, our story about sheep and goats, that is what we're going to be judged on. Are you a sheep or are you a goat? Are we meeting the basic needs of our neighbors? We serve God by serving those in need. God cares for those who have been left out, for those who can't speak up for themselves. Remember, when we're feeding the hungry, we're feeding Jesus. Next week, it's the beginning of Advent. This year, let's reflect on all of Pastor David's preaching. Are we in the spiritual realm or are we in the physical realm? When the word became flesh, Jesus was born of Mary, who was among the poor in her day. Doesn't that prick your conscience? She wasn't privileged, she wasn't powerful, her family had nothing. And look how Jesus came. He didn't come in glory. He came in a cattle shed in Bethlehem. Next week, we will have our Advent crown and we will light our first candle on our Advent crown the candle for hope. So don't be surprised 
when you are asked to respond to the needs of others. It's not just material things, but it's their need to feel loved and accepted. So the final point I wanna make, how are we applying the sheep and goat story in church today? Jesus told this story to show us how the kingdom impacts on our lives today. And you know, I've got many job titles here at Trinity, but as a trustee and a member of the leadership team, I, I attend meetings and we discuss where is God leading this church? What do we need to do? And naturally, because I'm married to the treasurer, how much is it going to cost? But this text, as much as any other, should be our guide. Are we the sheep or are we a goat? We need to stop overcomplicating issues. We need to look after each other. And this story gives us something to focus on. Hands up. I admit, I don't like change. But all of our preaching, and our teaching, our worship, our ministry, our mission, our community work, our children's work, and budgeting for work that needs to be done on the church buildings. All of this needs to be focused on how we do Christ's work. Yeah, I believe that Jesus tells us this story so that we will have directions. He'll be directing us, he'll be guiding us, a bit like a sat-nav, isn't he? Just like the teacher with the student, Jesus is giving us a peak preview of the exam paper so that we can be ready. Do we give without being asked? Do we actually actively look for opportunities to respond to, the, to those less fortunate than ourselves? Because there are no shortage of opportunities. Hardly a day seems to go by without there being some other humanitarian crisis. We need to open our eyes. Palestine, Israel, Ukraine, Russia, Afghanistan, to name just a few. And when we ignore the plight of the needy, what we're actually doing is we're snubbing Jesus, we're ignoring Christ. Because in each one of those, he 
is there. I know we can't respond to everybody and to everything, but we can respond to some. Are you doing as much as you should? Which one are you? Sheep or goat?